Jesus' Christmas wish list. And, and so I, I want to preach the first part of that today and the next uh, part of it next Sunday morning. So uh, this is going to be a two-part series, you might say. Now, before we start, though, my daughter-in-law, Emily, was feeling so sorry for me that she said, my stories need some help on Sunday morning. So I'm going to read this one she gave me. A lady, her husband, and her mother-in-law took a vacation to the Holy Land. While they were there, the mother-in-law passed away. An, un- an undertaker told them, you can have her shipped home for $5,000 or you can bury her here in the Holy Land for $150. Well, after thinking on it, because her husband <laughs> didn't want to make the decision, she said, well, you better ship her home. Undertaker's kind of taken back by that. He says, why? Why would you pay $5,000 to ship your mother-in-law home when it would be wonderful to have her buried here in the Holy Land and spend only $150? Well, as it turned out, she had a good reason. She said, well, a man died and was buried here 2,000 years ago. Three days later, he rose up from the dead. I just can't take that kind of a chance. (laughs) I'll be doing some uh, counseling this afternoon, <laughs> refereeing, <laughs> okay? Actually, I might have doctored that story just a little bit, okay? <laughs> All right, um, our text, before it gets any worse, uh, Luke chapter 14, and we're in verse, uh, to begin here, verse 16, and he said unto him, a certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at the supper time to at at supper time to say to them that were bidden come for all things are now ready and they all with one consent began to make excuse the first said unto him i bought a piece of ground and i must needs go and, and see it i pray thee have me excused and another said I bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray they have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to this servant, Go into the, go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. 
For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to build it? Lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, setteth not down first, and considereth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Now shall we pray. Father, as we look into this word that is your word today, you have a message for each of us. And knowing that, I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to rightly divide the word. But, Lord, I pray now that I'd be hidden and that your Holy Ghost would just take your word to the heart of each and every one that's present here, those watching by Internet, those listening by radio. And we would ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> it is interesting that we look forward to Christmas and gifts. Parents, the, the fulfillment for a parent is seeing the joy on their children's face as they open the gifts. As a matter of fact, we enjoy ourselves the warmth in our hearts as we read the card from those folks who love us. Yet, it's the birthday of Jesus Christ that we're celebrating. It's his birthday. And so often, it is Jesus Christ that is left out. But what does one get for Jesus? Think of that. What do you get for Jesus? Perhaps you have someone in your family who is the hardest person to buy for each year. Now, they ask, what do you want? I say, gift card. They don't have to think. Go, go and go. If my wife passes before I do, Instead of uh, the, the 12 days of Christmas shopping, it's going to be the five minutes of Andy shopping, okay? In, gift card, out, okay? And that's the way I do it. Love the people, but uh, I don't know what to get them. And so I, I, she does, but I don't. So uh, when she's gone, that, it's up to me if she goes first. So those kids are praying that I go first, okay? That's their solemn prayer. So, again, you have that person that's hard to buy for. And you try to think of, in buying that person a gift, you think of, well, what is it they enjoy? What is it they like? And, 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 and so you start thinking of those things, and you want to buy accordingly. Perhaps you say, well, do you have a wish list? And, and if they have a wish list, then it makes it easier to buy for them if you know what that wish list is. And you want to because you love them. In like manner, Jesus was God come in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. 
And we're told that the true worshipers of God worship Him in spirit and in truth. God, who is the Spirit, left heaven's glory to come here to save us. We're also told to walk in the Spirit. Now, I've told you that uh, for years my wife and I have bought the most expensive gift at Christmas time for the work of the Lord, Jesus Christ. And sometimes it's been a missionary, sometimes it's been a special ministry of the church and that's why we're putting ideas in the bulletin but what I'm trying to say to you is this is that that is good but perhaps uh, it's kind of like the boys and girls at Christmas time and and they open those gifts and they have you know socks and shirts and oh thank you dad you know like yeah but then they open those things they really want you know boy that is great that is great. Now, that's what they really wanted, you know. The clothes were nice. They don't dislike them, but boy, they got what they really wanted. You know, a financial gift, I think that is great. I really think it is great. But greater is a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift to give to the Lord on His birthday. And so, <clears throat> one thing we need to keep in mind is that when we give someone a gift, it's not just for a day. Okay, we give someone a gift. It's theirs. It's theirs to keep. Now, they can reject a gift, say, I don't want one from you. But, if they receive it, it is theirs to keep. It's theirs from then on. It's not just for the day. It's for the rest of their life. So, let's consider some eternal gifts. That each one of us as people can give unto the Lord. An eternal gift that we could give to Him. That would just really bless His heart. And, and we must notice now that there are three things that I want us to see. The first one we'll look at today. And the rest we'll look at uh, next week. The other two. The first thing God wants from the Christian is to dedicate the rest of his entire earthly life to him. He gave the eternal gift of life to us for the gift of God, the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Can't we give the rest of our earthly life to him before we enter his presence and enjoy his inheritance? That's the idea that is here. So let's continue to think on those things. And notice what that gift of dedication entails. It's placing him even before your family. Verses 26 and 27 of our text says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, Yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. To be a disciple of the Lord, you have to have dedication to the Lord. Completely dedicated. And I don't think I really need to say much about it, but the idea of hate is not just a hatred that we think of as a hatred today. But it's the idea is that when there's a choice, this is the one you choose first. 
You always choose this one. And that means that the Lord is the first choice, even over uh, husband, wife, mother, father, children, over all. He is the first choice. And he is the choice that we make when we make that choice for him. But that's a gift. It's one that God wants, but it's a gift that you make. Let's give an example of that. In 2 John chapter verse. Uh, Chapter 1, 2 John, there's only one chapter. So 2 John, verses 9 through 11. He says that if someone does not hold to the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of Christ would include his virgin birth. It would include that he is God come in the flesh. It would include that when he died on the cross shedding his blood, he paid for every sin you ever have or ever will commit. It will also include that he rose up bodily from the grave. And ascended into heaven. And he's coming again. That is the doctrine of Christ. Now you either accept that or you reject that. And he says if any man uh, have not the doctrine of uh, Christ. Then bid him not Godspeed. And he says also don't receive him into your house. Now by that they would understand in that day. Sometimes we don't understand this today. Not to receive him into your house was the idea is don't bring him in because in that day it was not unusual to take someone like that, bring him in, feed them, let him sleep there, whatever, things of that nature, and take care of them and enable them to be able to carry on in what they're doing. No, uh, I have nothing against when somebody does not hold to the doctrine of Christ, they're coming around here for a cult and they knock on my door. I wouldn't have anything against if they stepped inside my door and to give them the gospel. But that's as far as it's going to go. Okay. That's as far as it's going to go. Now, you say, oh, yeah, well, I agree with that. That's what the Bible says. That's what we ought to do. What if it's an adult son or daughter? Maybe they're a Mormon. Maybe they go to Jehovah Witnesses. You have this scripture. It says one thing. What do you do? Or if you say, well, I love my children, that means you love your children more than you love God. You don't hate God and you don't hate your children. But you see, this, loving him, is putting him first, so you love him more. And so as you love him more, there, there's a separation right there. But doesn't the Bible tell us that in Matthew? Remember Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 39? Everybody talks about Jesus Christ, the great unifier. But actually, Jesus said that he was a divider. He said the father against the son, the mother against the daughter, the mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law, and just said he is a divider. Other words, the idea is that Christ is not trying to divide you, but rather, this is his truth, and you either stand on that truth or you go a different direction. You choose him. Or you choose something else. You've got to decide on your own. Do I stand for the Lord Jesus Christ? Am I dedicated to him? That's the difference in dedication. A man I know. You know him very well as a matter of fact. He had a brother. Who had a lady that he had a child with. They just moved in and lived together. Had a child but never got married. Well, they were coming back to where he lives, to his city. 
And, and all of his family actually lived there, his other brothers and sisters and so forth. But he wanted to stay at his brother's house. And his brother said, well, you can stay, but she cannot. Or she can stay, and you cannot. But you're not staying in my home in adultery, not married. Now, they got very upset with him. Even his brothers and sisters got upset with him. Well, there was an easy solution. Get married. But they didn't want to consider that solution. They just wanted to say... What's wrong with him? Where's his love that he would not do this? Well, he was choosing Christ. He was choosing the Lord, even above his brother whom he did love. But he could not have that in his house. So he was rebuked by family members for taking a stand, but a stand was right. Anytime we put something ahead of God, whether it's family, job, or anything else that we'll put ahead of God, then it means that Christ is not first with us, that we're not truly dedicated to Him. A lot of people say, God, your family, and your job. Sounds good. It's sentimental. When in practice, it's not carried out. But if there's a true love for God, not a sentimental, emotional thing about that, then you will do what you're supposed to do. And you will love God. But do you realize that that is the greatest help to your family? What do you mean that's the greatest help? Because God's Word is true. Okay, now just using this man I knew, the story there. He did what was right. If that brother decides to get right with God, his brother, who respected him but didn't like him, will now know that the foundations have not been destroyed. Because he stood right, that gives hope to the ones when he stands right before his family. Even though it may mean separation for a while, there's hope that is there. And so you separate because you love your family. You can love your family, but you can love them more if you put Jesus Christ first. If you love God more, then you can love your family more. You see, do God's will, God's way, every time, regardless of the cause. Uh, By the way, uh, what about this idea of homosexual union? They said, well, hey, they are married. Not in God's sight. I mean, they are in man's sight, but not in God's sight. And in God's sight, he said, a man would leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Male and female created he them. So if, if that's the way he created them, that's the way he wanted it. If he said that's the way he wanted it, that's the way he wanted it. Now, what if you have children that come home and they're saying... A son comes home or a daughter comes home and says, I've married this girl, I've married this man and in a homosexual union. Well, we need to open our house and just try to help them. No, you don't. Don't enable sin. 
don't enable to put that above the Lord Jesus Christ and his word and truth. Because when you do that, you begin to remove the hope of repentance for that child. God can save homosexuals. He really can. He can save that adulterer. He really can. But you're going to make it much harder if you remove the foundations. That's why verse 27 said, to bear your cross and come after him. I've seen senior citizens with physical pains. Some I've watched over the years, they're terminal. But they kept on keeping on. They bore that cross for Jesus Christ. Even though they had that. I, I remember with, with my dad, when I came here in 1984, we had a chain out there on school days where we had the cones. Now, there's a chain out there going across there. Dad was 64 at the time. He'd take off and he'd run and jump that chain, showing off. And... Uh, you know, and, and uh, he did that, I don't know how many times he did it. He'd do that. I, I seen one of the times that the, the secretaries had told me how he jumped over the counter. Okay, so he would do things like that. Now, the last couple of years, for him to shuffle, it had to be a good day. Just to be able to walk anywhere near in speed. I mean, that, those, that, those last couple of years, it was rough. Just couldn't do that anymore. But you know what? Every morning he got up, he had a tie on. Even when he didn't know he wasn't going to work. I mean, he was calling me and said, uh, am I teaching Sunday? Am I, when am I preaching again? See, even when his mind wasn't totally there to what it was at one day at time, the dedication, he was still wanting to serve God. And you see... Sometimes it's a physical melody. Sometimes it's a family problem or some other kind of temptation. Satan seeks to take you away, but dedicated men and women continue true for the Lord. I have another man that was very special here, uh, Brother Francis Childers. He was our Sunday school superintendent and He's been gone now for quite a few years, but uh, many of the older ones remember him. Some of the younger ones, newer ones, you, don't, you never met him. He was Sunday school superintendent. I remember the last Sunday he came up at 920 for our men's prayer. He could barely make it up there. He was still the Sunday school superintendent, and he was doing his duties, carrying out things and all that. Got up there, and, and I'm thinking, Lord, he's going to fall over. And, and, and he, he made it up there, breathing heavily, but he made it up there to pray. It's about a week or two later, and I told him, I said, Brother Childers, you don't have to come up here. You, you, can, you can pray back over there, whatever, but don't have to come up here. Well, I was up here on a Wednesday night, and I was getting some things ready, and all of a sudden he had come up these stairs right here, these steps, and he leaned on my pulpit. It was in September, and we was getting ready to have our annual administrative meeting. And his, his name was on the docket to be the superintendent again. 
Now, we knew that he wasn't going to make it. I'd even said to Brother Chuck Mills, when he goes, now you take over. We knew that he was not going to make it. But he struggled up here to get up here to say, Brother Andy, you better take my name off. I don't think I'm going to make it another year. He made it probably about another three weeks, and he was with the Lord. But that's what I mean. Dedicated. 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 That's the best gift that you can give to the Lord this year. Dedication. And it's a gift that you give that you don't take back. It's His. You're giving it to the Lord. Whatever it takes to make us quit. Someone's unkind word. Look, if you dedicate your life to the Lord, you're going to get unkind words. Gossip. Maybe it's a financial setback in your life. Maybe somebody got a position that you wanted. Not we could go. And you want to just quit on the Lord. That shows the measure of our dedicated devotion to the Lord, whatever it takes to make us quit. That's where the measure stops. We notice there in verses 28 through 33, it gave us two illustrations. One was the building of a building. The one starts out to build a tower and he doesn't have the money to finish. The other was an army of 10,000. They're going to go against an army of 20,000. But there's not enough to beat that guy, you know. Now, a thousand, ten thousand is a good army. And a good foundation is also good. But just like the talents that are given to us, they may be insufficient to do what the Lord has called us to do if we don't walk with Him. So in dedicated living, you must walk with God and know God's will and walk His way according to His Word. Yes, you can have a good foundation and the building not be finished because we don't grow any further. Jesus makes the difference. He makes a difference. You know, a lot of times I'll go into a hospital and somebody's, I'm praying there with them. Maybe they're facing surgery and I'll say, Lord, help the doctors, the physicians, the nurses, and everybody else to be able to see what they need to see. If there's anything they haven't seen that is there, show it to them. And I'll go on and say, and guide their hands and direct them. And where they fall short, where they fall short, make the difference now that that is my prayer and and probably if i've prayed that with several of you out there then you know it and and that's 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 what happens we're we just trust it with god put it in god's hands because i can't do anything it has to be the lord that does it in you and through you the doctor can do all that he can do with all the education all the abilities that he's been given but sometimes, where he falls short, the Lord has to make the difference. And so we pray for that. That's why you give yourself to complete dedication. 
you haven't arrived. I haven't arrived. We don't know all there is to know and anything that we do is always going to be 100% right. And anything we step out on to do is going to fall short if we don't follow the leading of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It'll lose an aspect of righteousness. It'll lose an aspect of holiness. Before too long, the devil has corrupted it. If we do it without him. He loves you. Again, Romans 6, 23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's great news. But you know what? Grim news was before that. The grim news was this. For the wages. Hey, what I've earned. Amen. Give me my wages. Uh, Wait a minute. Don't give me my wages. For the wages of sin is death. Final, complete separation forever from God in the lake of fire. That's what I've earned. I copied this from our hymn book. Because if you want to know what dedication is, I think we need to copy the one that was the ultimate in dedication. See what a real commitment is. So let me read these words. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. The emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest And best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish that old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to that old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left His glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish that old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to that old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. In the old rugged cross, stained with blood, so divine, a wondrous beauty I see for the dear Lamb of God left His glory above To pardon. I didn't deserve it. To pardon and sanctify me. How could he do that? Because he also rose from the dead. So I'll cherish that old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. And listen for this. 
last verse, for it is dedication defined by action. To the old rugged cross, I will ever be true. It's shame. He hung there naked, bleeding for our sin. In his own body, he bore our sins on the tree. It's shame and reproach gladly bear. Gladly? Then he'll call me someday to my home far away where his, his glory. And it's not mine, but it's his. He inherits it. I'm just a joint heir. His glory forever I'll share. Forever. Forever. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling, cling to that old rugged cross. Realize the payment that was made that I could have eternal life. Realize what he did for me out of his love. Realize how much he suffered and I realize that I cannot understand the total suffering on his spirit when his father saw my sin upon him and he poured out his divine wrath upon his human spirit. Poured it out on him. Because it pleased the Lord to bruise him when he saw my sin. His attitude about sin did not change when it was his only begotten son. And he poured out my sin, my, my, his blood for my sin. So I cling to that old rugged cross. There's a reason to be dedicated to him. He paid it all. And then exchange it. Someday you say, well, you know, taking a stand for Jesus. We suffered some losses and we suffered this, we suffered that. Oh, no, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the greatness of the glory that shall be revealed in us. That's his promise from Romans eight eighteen. Exchange it someday for a crown. I don't deserve to rule and reign with him. But he will let me. Exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, if you want to give the Lord Jesus Christ a birthday gift that will make him the happiest, give him the dedication of your personal life. You can't do that if you're not obedient. Well, you know, why should I witness why should I be baptized after my salvation? Why should I do this? Why should I do that? Because Jesus wants you to. You're dedicated to him. Now, you can't dedicate your life to one that is not your savior. Again, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus is the glory of God. All of us have sinned and come short of that. And yet, Jesus, the only savior... He said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. But he also said, 
Him that come to me, I'll in no wise cast out. He'll save you. You say, Pastor, you don't know how mean I've been. You don't know how bad a sinner I've been. I know I don't. You don't know how bad I've been. The heart is deceitful, desperately wicked above all things. But where sin abounded, God's grace did much more abound. His grace is greater than your sin. And he'll save you if you come to him. Let's bow our heads, please.